You don't win that football game without Jet Johnson and Buki Watson, those two players. And maybe those two players combined, having them together, these are two of the best linebackers in the country individually and together, they are the best combo of linebackers in the country. And you don't win that game without them. All of this content, film studies, breaking them down, all of my content is made possible by Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance and your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. It's not just, you know, the logo on the banner in my office. When I say Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi, I mean that man, that woman that's in that local Farm Bureau Insurance office downtown on Main Street in Leland in the Delta, in Tupelo in Lee County, in Ocean Springs on the coast. It's the guy who's the local agent raising his family. He goes to church with you, and he's right there giving you coverage. Those are the people that make this content possible. All right, let's take a look at uh, this win over Arizona. It's a good win for State, 31-24. You had to do it in overtime. But it's a good win because it's an improved Arizona team. Now, you know, we'll let the season play out and see just how good they are. But they've got the potential to be, you know, actually pretty good on their schedule. And they look like a team to me that is very much improved from a year ago. And they weren't bad last year. You know, they were a top five, maybe number six in the country, but close to being top five passing offense in all of America last year. It's just that defensively, they weren't big enough really in their front and they couldn't stop people from running the ball. So, we covered it last week. They went and got a bunch of transfers and added size. And uh, so far, their uh, defensive front has done a little bit better job in two games. And they got after Will Rogers a little bit and, and got better as the game went on last week. So for those reasons, I think Arizona's a, a pretty good team. I think it'll bear it out this year. I do know they got some NFL players actually on both sides of the ball. They're tackle and, you know, got a great receiver out there. And, and I'll tell you, their quarterback is so hard to defend, right? And he showed that even after turning the ball over early. And that showed me a lot about Arizona's team, too, that a lot of adversity early, bunch of turnovers early, only allow 14 points out of all those turnovers early. State had one early unfinished drive. And then fight their way back into the game. It showed you a lot about the makeup of Jed Fish's team there at uh, Arizona. That they, they showed all the right signs in that environment that far away from home to me. And for State, that's a big reason why it's a good win is State, you know, uh, you made a lot of plays early. Defense created a ton of opportunities for you in turnovers. You know, State's two linebackers, Jet Johnson and Buki Watson, were so good and at times took over the game. And then there was a stretch where, you know, you didn't really score. They fought their way back into it. And then at the end, you find ways to make plays at the end. When they've got a chance, you know, under two minutes in the game to go win it with a touchdown, State found a way to hold them to a field goal. A lot of that was because Jet Johnson, three plays in a row, was just a Superman out there. Hold them to a field goal, which preserves an opportunity to win the game in overtime. And then, you know, you go get it done on offense in overtime, and then you get it done on defense in overtime. So, you know, it this was one where, I'm just being honest, I came – away from the stadium the other night and I had I was a little negative about you know the offense and the lack of passing and balance and some of those things I was a little negative about that and kind of puzzled by it and then you know you wondered okay with that many turnovers you know if you really had your act together this should have been an easier win and some of those things but you know I think there's some truth to some of that however 
then it kind of hit me as I got away from Davis Wade and I'm driving and I was thinking about it again yesterday. You don't have to apologize for winning a ball game against a Power 5 team, especially early, especially with, yeah, you're trying to transition to something new offensively. Um, finding a way to win it is a big deal. And it's some of the ways that you found a way to win it is a big deal. And so uh, it's a good win. Was it a pretty one at times? No. Would you? Do you feel like, you know, you should have taken advantage of more opportunities in the game? 100%, yes. But even when you don't do those things, you still go win a game somehow. You don't apologize for it. You don't have to. I'm going to go over a list of things that's just some overall thoughts for me coming away from the game offensively, defensively, and then how the game flowed. And for those who are watching, listening, you know, this is as much a podcast as it is a video, and I get that. I'll have a film study, you know, full-on video coming later. I'm sure that I can't cover all of it, um, and I certainly can't do it sequentially as the game went. So just hang in there with me on that. Here's some overall thoughts for you. And I'll, I'll start with offense. You know, the start of the game was pretty decent right on a short field because of some turnovers. Uh, the first possession, you go drive it down the field and 75 yards and 12 plays, you just don't finish the drive. And that was really one of the main, you know, we could get into specifics and everybody had thoughts on play calling and there was so much running and, you know, very little passing and all that. You wonder, and I do too, but those are a little bit minute. The overall is you had some unfinished drives. And by that, I mean, you know, scoring opportunities. So, you know, this drive to begin the game where you drive it all the way down there, eat it up, points ought to go on the board just to start the game. But you fumble it into the end zone, winds up a touchback, and now they bring it out at 25. So there's an unfinished drive there. Uh, finished drives in, ending kicks, right? Touchdowns with extra points. Or kickoffs, you know, I guess, but also punts. You know, you sometimes flip in the field with a punt. But in this case, an unfinished drive. You you had an unfinished drive too, where you missed a field goal. So there were some missed opportunities. But on that first one, you felt good about the drive, showed a lot of ability to step out there against their front and just hit them and run the ball. But you didn't finish the drive. And then the defense starts creating turnovers. So on the short fields after a couple of early interceptions. State goes back-to-back turnovers, and those were one you start on the 50. And then after the Jet Johnson interception, you start on the 6, and you're up 14 nothing, just like that. And so that's good. You take advantage of those turnovers and turn it into 14 points. Now, this is jumping ahead, but those are examples of you had some shorter drives in the game, which led to very few plays run by the offense overall, which contributed to it. You know, it wasn't the only reason. But what, what state running a game? 56 offensive plays in the ball game total. Not very many. And I think they were at 74, 75 on the other side. So you don't run very many offensive plays. And part of that, again, contributed to the fact that you had some short drives. And this is what jumped out at me. 56 offensive plays and all of state's scoring drives in the ball game were five plays or less. Here are your scoring drives in the game. Four plays, 50 yards. Two plays, six yards. Four plays, 30 yards. Five plays, 57 yards, your last, your longest one. And then the last one's the two-play drive in overtime. Two plays, 
25 yards in overtime. So there were no long sustained scoring drives in the game. Factor that in with along with you had to short field a bunch. You only ran 56 offensive plays. And so from a play calling standpoint, that really is to me point number one, how the ratio of run pass could get thrown off, you know, differently than kind of what you plan coming in. Because the run pass ratio is puzzling, right? That's what we came away from the game with. And I did too. I walk out of there before really, you know, going back, watching it again, thinking a little more some of these other factors that was one puzzling thing coming away from the stadium on Saturday night is you got a fourth year senior starting quarterback who yes albeit in a different system or an air raid system has thrown a million passes for a million yards and a very high completion percentage surely you can trust that guy to throw the ball for you if you design stuff to get people open right that's the basic thought and I it holds water. So when I came away from the game going, you know, you only had 17 pass attempts in the game. Now, to their credit, they did call two or three more, right? Because Arizona had two sacks. So you had at least two more pass attempts that you had called from the sideline. But you still weren't at 20, even if you factor in those two yet. But you get off 17 pass attempts in the game. Complete 13 of them. That's 76%. And everybody goes, okay, well, nine yards per attempt. But, well, who cares about the attempts? What about just the ones you completed? You you go 13 completions for 162 yards. You're at, I think that's 12 yards of completion. I'm going to check it for you here just to make sure. So 162 divided by 13. You might can do it in your head. That's 12.4 yards of completion if you round it up. 12.46 12.46 is 12.12.5 yards per completion in the game. And we know that there was a deep over route in the first quarter that was thrown incomplete, that was wide open, that Will just missed him. So you got a guy open there that he missed. But still overall, it's not very many attempts for a guy and an, and an offense and in his career that that's really what he's done. And it'd be one thing if you looked up and go, well, we cannot throw the ball whatsoever uh, because you did it pretty successfully, 76% of the completions. And now of those 17 attempts, you got several screens called in there as well. So anyway, I'm just rehearsing basically what we've talked about since Saturday night. And it was just puzzling in a game like this. But... There's a couple of factors I think you have to consider. And this is just me thinking about I hadn't talked to our coaches, you know, so they may have a totally different answer. But I'm just looking at it going, okay, you only ran 56 plays and you were in a short field a bunch of times with a defense creating lots and lots of turnovers. So, number one, those things and early turnovers can get you out of your scripted plays sort of. Maybe, but you know, generally, I'm under the impression that most offenses script their first drive of the game, and maybe that's up to 12, maybe 15 plays of a script that you know we're going to run these plays in this order, barring something crazy. Well, state got the ball first and ran 12 plays, so generally, I would think most likely 
whatever your script was to start the game, you ran that in the first drive. So even though they put you in a short field with turnovers coming up, which is great, it's it's not like you would have had a ton more plays scripted, I wouldn't think, in terms of the sequence you're going to run them. Does that make sense at all? Because if, let's just say, for instance, you come into a game and we've already scripted out the first 12 plays we're going to run, and the defense, before you ever get, the first time you go on the field, they put you on the six-yard line. Well, obviously that changes up how you're going to start the game. So my point was, I don't know that that was something that necessarily got you off schedule offensively, but all the times that you did have a short field, you started, again, if you look at the places that State started their drives, the 25 to start the game, then the 50, then at the Arizona 6, then at the 48, then at the 41. So you're in short field number one, so you're running fewer plays. Uh, then you get a, a lead, and it's like your defense is dominating them in the fourth quarter. You're up 14-zip real quick. That can also affect your play calling a little bit. That can also affect... And I think Zach Arnett might have even touched on that in the postgame. Now, you can agree with it or not, but he's the coach and it's his decision. But I thought he touched on it. There were some situations where he told Barbe, hey, look, eat this clock up a little bit. Given the way this game's going, let's eat this clock up a little bit and help my defense here. Especially when you look and there were times where because Arizona is a good team and that quarterback is really hard to defend, they jumped out there and had some 19-play drives, right? Well, I know they had one 19. They had, um, yeah, in the first quarter, they had a 19-play 76-yard drive. Later, they had a 10-play drive. So after that 19-play drive, it would make sense. You got the lead. The offense is, hey, look, stay on the field some, right? So maybe that factored in as well. I guess what I'm trying to do is look at it practically and give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I mean, these people know how to coach and they know what they're doing. And they know what Will Rogers is capable of doing also. And I think that there definitely is some truth to it, that once I've gotten away from the stadium and thought about it, that the situations in the game sort of dictated that uh, to the offense to – be a little different than maybe what they planned to be coming in there, the way the game flow went. And I hope that makes some sense. State ran the ball really well early, and because of some of those other things, I felt like maybe they tightened up a little bit, right? You got the lead. You're going to preserve it the way the defense is playing. They're turning the other guys over. We're going to stay on the field some. So that they, instead of loosening up, and being a little more liberal with the play calling, they went the other way. They tightened up, got a little more conservative with it. That was one of the things, too. And a heck of a day for Woody Marks, 24 carries, you know, 123 yards, average five yards a carry. You rush as a team for 145, and he's the large majority of that. So not only did your offense go through Woody Marks, he was your offense outside of a few pass plays to Tulu Griffin. So speaking of Tulu there, uh, he's your leading receiver with five catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. He had the long play of 37, which was a slant route that he took the other way in the second half. Pretty obvious to me that there was something about Tulu, and, and it might have been a combination of, for the offensive staff, of number one, we got to get this guy the ball no matter who we're playing. And then maybe number two, this is a favorable matchup for us, is Tulu in the slot versus however they cover it. 
And so this was a game, you was pretty clear. They came in very um, intent on targeting Tulu Griffin with the football on offense and got it to him five times, two touchdowns in there uh, also. And then outside of that, you know, uh, Marks, your next leading receiver with four catches. Pittman had one, Price had one, Wally had one, Justin Robinson had one. So that's the thing. It's just, it's almost hard to believe, okay? And it's by virtue of all those turnovers, you know, by defense creating five turnovers that it, it changes the way the game flows. You run fewer offensive plays because of shorter field. You're up early, so you get conservative, and you're eating up clock, so you run the ball more than you throw it, and this, the ratio gets out of skew. And then you look up at the end of the game, and you've won a game against a Power 5 team, and literally guys outside who line up on outside receiver touch the ball twice, one to Wally, one to Robinson. That's it. And then everything else went to slots and running backs. But it, it's kind of the weird nature of the game when the other team's turning it over as much as they did, if that makes sense, even though they did claw back in it by throwing the ball. Also, big plays. Uh, I wanted to take a look at this. I didn't look at it the other night just to see what the numbers were. But uh, it was it was fairly even in the game, if you look at it. Uh, pass plays of 15 yards or more. State had four of those. Arizona had six. State's four 15-plus pass plays went for 104 yards. Their six went for 197. So State had a 23, which was a touchdown, a 15, which was a touchdown, a 37, which was the slant to Tulu, and then the 29, which was a touchdown. So even though State's four you know, bigger pass plays went for fewer yards than their six. Three of State's four explosive pass plays went for touchdowns. So, again, it's like, okay, you threw it fewer times and you threw a few more screens. But three of the four that went for 15-plus got in the end zone, and so it's, it's really working. It actually worked, and it's like – so now you just figure out how to do it more, I guess. Now let's go defense. This is where you won the game, primarily. This defensive performance was at times outstanding, and then at other times it was, you know, not as good. You gave up a lot of yards, but there was always this bend, don't break nature. But anytime you go and you create five turnovers, you know, on defense, it's a really good night. And these were things that, you know, they were kind of forcing a guy into the mistakes. It, it wasn't – I didn't feel like it wasn't all, hey, one guy just on the other side had a terrible night. No, State was causing a lot of those five turnovers. What I mean by that is if you look at the early interceptions, um, two of those were defensive backs making a play on the ball perfectly and batting it up in the air, and it winds up in the hands of a linebacker. I think the first one was Marcus Banks, the safety, totally jumped that route in the middle, kind of read the eyes of the quarterback, played it really well, jumped it, bats it, and it goes to Buki Watson, so it created for him. Um, then you had another where 
you know, Buki is pressuring the quarterback. So he's bearing down unblocked on a twist off the edge, and he's right in the face of the QB, who's then rushes his read, doesn't even see Jet coming underneath the route, throws it right to Jet. So it's one linebacker creating for another. Um, Preston did a really nice job on the deep ball, going and just taking it away from the receiver early. And then a late interception, you know, you had another one, and that was uh, DeCarlos Nicholson, who's in man-to-man. He absolutely jumped the route, played it perfectly, didn't interfere, tips it, and it ricochets to Jet. And so it's another DB creating an interception for a linebacker. Even though they had 342 passing yards in the game and two passing touchdowns, you had the four interceptions. This is an offense that was uh, top five, top six passing offense in the entire country last year with a quarterback who's got a strong arm. He does an excellent job against zone underneath. And so all that said, I thought State's defensive backfield did a nice job in the game. And I know you gave up some yards. And I know there's some plays you wanted to make. And I know there was a missed tackle by Decam on the, uh, the cowing touchdown catch and run late in the game. Uh, so it wasn't like you were perfect by any stretch. But when you have two different DVs jump routes and create interceptions on really excellent man to, you know, one-on-one type plays, when you have uh, a guy like Chris Keyes who makes a great one-on-one bat and doesn't draw an interference call in overtime, you know, guys like that, I, I thought they really played well in a defensive backfield. Um there were a couple of penalties. You know, early Furs got a late hit, and I felt like that was a little bit of a ticky-tack. Maybe it was the right call. I mean, it's hard for him to see it's out of bounds. You know, it's almost understandable. And there was a really good penalty late for DeCamerion Richardson on the interference call, which I think we were in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter, where they're throwing a, a deep corner route up to the sideline, and it's going to be a deep completion. It was a perfect throw. And he got called for holding out of the break, and it was the right thing to do. If he doesn't hold him right there, because they had run the route out a bunch, and he's got to come from the outside and then turn back to the inside. That's a good route, good execution, good design. And if he doesn't hold him right there, grab onto him, they complete it for about a 40 and maybe more yard play. By committing the interference, it was a good penalty. You give him 15 yards, but they still weren't ready to go score, and they got to use a lot more clock to get down the field. That was a very smart, timely penalty by DeCamerion Richardson. He did the right thing. So I just felt overall, I know you gave up yards. I know you weren't perfect. But, man, that, that group of defensive backs for State also made a ton of plays. And the turnovers, yes, I, I'm going to focus on linebackers. But a couple of those interceptions, linebackers were just in the right place, right time. The ones who made the plays were – your defensive backs, Nicholson and Banks. This is an example of burying the lead, which means like you've you've actually got a headline, but you save it for later or you put it lower on the page and it should be should have led with this. You don't win that football game without Jet Johnson and Buki Watson. Those two players, and maybe those two players combined, having them together. I don't know if you win that game without them. There are a bunch of starting linebackers around Power 5 football that if you exchange them for these two guys, you don't win that game. And I know that much has been made about the preseason lists and like media people leaving them off. And like I would just say about that, I, I'm almost ready to move on from it. 
except to say this, what else do you expect? You know, with some people, you just got to lower your expectations of them. Instead of being offended or being puzzled by something they do or say, just go ahead and lower your expectations of them so that it doesn't surprise you when they foul it up. And that's the way we need to do it with these media. And particularly, I'm just going to be honest, particularly a lot of the media that cover the Southeastern Conference, they look at names on chests and helmets and they are blinded by it. Uh, they are mushy-headed media, okay? To have Buki Watson and Jet Johnson coming back as the leading two tacklers, one and two in the SEC, and leave either one of them or let alone both of them off your list of preseason stuff just means you don't know what the heck you're talking about. You don't know football. You haven't watched. You're just out here throwing crap against the wall and making a living with it. Hey, congrats to you. These are two of the best linebackers in the country individually and together. They are the best combo of linebackers in the country. And you don't win that game without them. Now, there are plenty of examples to point to. The pressuring the quarterback on, I think it was third down in overtime. Um, if Buki's not just screaming off the edge right there, getting pressure on a guy that it's almost impossible to pressure into, you know, f- with your legs, then he may complete that ball and it's a different story. You know, you've got those examples, the turnovers early in the game. The best example that I point to is the three-play sequence. Three plays in a row, three consecutive plays in a row in the fourth quarter when they were driving, and we'd had a really hard time stopping their pass game underneath and tackling, and it was just their quarterback. He's hard to defend. But the three-play sequence that led to a stop on third and one, forced them to kick a field goal to tie the game in a fourth quarter late, as opposed to having a chance to score a touchdown and beat you. They had the look of a team that's going on a drive to beat you with a touchdown. Your only hope for winning once they got down there and had that big play was to hold them to a field goal, and which would preserve your chance to win the game in overtime. Somebody had to make a play on defense. And Jet Johnson made three plays in a row on first down, second down, and third down. I tweeted about it, and I'm going to break it down in a film study. And so you can wait for that or watch what I put on Twitter. But he goes, tackle for loss on first down. He made the tackle in space on second down to keep them short of the chains and force the third down. And then on third down, he hit the offensive tackle, stood him up, drove him back to the running back, hit the running back, and then didn't take a step backwards. If he takes one step backward, they get a yard and it's first down. And when he hit the running back, he did not move. And, yes, he had some teammate help there, but the play does not happen unless Jet does what he does. Three plays in a row that preserve the team's opportunity to win the game by holding them to a field goal. All those kinds of things, you know, and it's throughout the game – so it's one of those where I felt like, you know, you know, the things that don't show up on the stat sheet matched what shows up on the stat sheet. It doesn't always do that. You know, sometimes you'll see a guy that has, you know, some numbers here or there, but there's a lot of other stuff that's not on the stat sheet that maybe he didn't do well. Or vice versa. You know, a guy that doesn't have any sacks or hardly any tackles, but he had a great game. So it doesn't matter. This is one where it all matches up. <clears throat> Jet, 11 tackles, leading tackler in the game. Buki Watson, 10. Those, your leading two tackles. Between the two of them, they tackle. They got 21 tackles 
in the game, and the other team runs 70-some-odd plays. Jet had seven solo of the 11, a sack, two tackles for loss, and two interceptions. Buki Watson, 10 tackles, half a tackle for loss, an interception, pass breakup, three solo tackles. Those two guys were phenomenal. Okay, and a final few extra thoughts on the game. Excuse me. I think uh, one thing that needs to be pointed out, State's defense not only created the turnovers, but did an excellent job against their run game. We've seen over the years that be a formula for success for Zach Arnett's defense. And I know Matt Brock is coordinating it now. And that is make a team one-dimensional. And if you force them to be one-dimensional, for the most part, it's going to be really hard for them to beat you across four quarters with that one dimension. State took away their run game with anybody except quarterback. Uh, Their running back, Wiley, who their state was really high on, their running back, 11 carries, 33 yards. He averaged three yards a carry. Uh, Like, he couldn't get anything. They couldn't run the ball in the middle. And if you notice, it changed. And they, to their credit, they got their offense going when they just stayed away from the middle. They started throwing quick passes to the outside. It was screens and constantly throwing it to backs out here. And a quarterback running around buying time, and then you hit underneath zone stuff, you know, against softer coverage. But they quit trying to run the ball in the middle. They couldn't do it. And that state stopped it. So state's like they handled the run game, the handoff run game, and put the entire game on the quarterback. And to his credit, he throws for 342 and got him back in the game, and he wound up being their leading rusher with 44 yards and even had a rushing touchdown in there. But he also turned him over four times. So the game plan defensively worked. Another thing is I came away wondering that – I wonder at this point, you know, week two and now you're going into week three, I wonder at this point how much freedom Will Rogers has to check at the line of scrimmage. I would love to know that he's got a lot of freedom to do that because there were some situations, particularly third downs and short yardage stuff, where it would have behooved him and them to get out of what they were in and run something else. Not often. I mean, I'm not saying on every third down, but there were some short yardage situations like to me where because the ratio was so stacked in favor of the run as the game went on and it became clear to everyone they really began putting bodies in and around the box, even in situations where we try to run it at them, where if you go easy, easy, check, check, and it's a three-step drop thing or just try the fade. I mean, you're, you've been running the air raid for three years. They give you one-on-one out here. Just take it. I know it's third and one. Um, I would love to know. You know, I don't know how much freedom he has to just freely check to different things in the line of scrimmage, and it's a little hard to in a new offense when – you're considering personnel packages and people in the game that, you know, it can be different on every play versus what you're used to. State, you know, finished the night three of 11 on third down, three yards and four, three, I'm sorry, third down and four yards or shorter, they were pretty good. So third and short, which is zero to four yards, they were two out of four, 0 for two on third and longs. Uh, so that would mean another conversion came in there somewhere in the in the intermediate. Uh, they were one for five in that intermediate third down area. So you got to be better on third downs. That's one thing, you know, offensively. And so finally, 
when I walked away from the stadium Saturday night, I felt I walked away feeling like Arizona actually, all things combined, outplayed State. They certainly outgained you, and certainly in regulation. You know, overall at the end of the game, it was they had 431 yards of offense. State had 307. So they, they outgain you by 120-plus yards of offense total. But in regulation, it was a bigger gap. At the end of regulation, they were at 422 yards of offense. State was at 272. So in four quarters, you had 272 yards of offense. Talked about all the weird situations and short fields and turnovers, and that changes a lot of things. You only ran 56 plays. Some of that's on you for not staying on the field, too, and not really having explosive plays down the field. So, when you have a game where you, at least you walk away feeling like, in a lot of ways, they outplayed you, and you still figured out a way to win it, that, to me, is a sign of experience. That, to me, is a sign of older players who you're so veteran and older, especially at key spots. You look at linebacker, you look at offensive line, you look at quarterback and everything else. I don't even really know how to categorize this and really sum it up. I just know it's a sign of a veteran team when another team can actually outplay you in a lot of ways and you still figure out a way to be ahead on the scoreboard when it goes to zero. And a lot of times you can't even put your finger on it. Veteran teams do that. And the last thing I'll say about the offense, and that's what everybody wants to talk about, I don't think in most games 17 pass attempts is going to be enough unless those 17 are a part of opportunities to really go down the field because your run game is so effective. If you had a day where you're just totally dominating, gashing somebody with your run, and you look up at the end of it and you only have 17 pass attempts, but four or five of those are way down the field, right? You know, 17 attempts and every how many completions you have go for 250 and some really some 40, 50 yarders in there. Those numbers kind of match up, make sense. I don't know that these necessarily the other night really made a lot. Of, it was a little bit puzzling. And so I think there's a lot of room to grow there for the offense, certainly from a consistency standpoint in the pass game. Uh, so much of that, I hadn't even talked about protection. You know, I, I, the protection was not consistent the other night. And that offensive line's got a ways to go. They got a long ways to go. I think that's obvious too. So that could be a part of it also. I know everybody wants a definitive answer too. You know, hey, you, if you know football, you should be able to watch this and give me a definitive answer on what the problem is. But that's just not reality. There's all kinds of moving parts from one play to the next. They've got to get more consistent on their offensive line play, particularly in protection. But from a target standpoint, too, it does not appear that State has a tight end person at that tight end position other than maybe when it's sort of an H, when it's Harmon, that you are willing to target with the ball in the pass game. So that's kind of something that an offensive coordinator has got to juggle that's not typical, that you don't, it's not really comfortable. I would bet that if we were to look at the first two games, Southeast Louisiana and then Arizona, and chart every pass attempt in those two games, 29 pass attempts in week one, 17 in week two, 
So we're talking 46 pass attempts. Of those 46, how many do you think of those targets are throws that have been between the hashes in the middle of the field? Well, the answer is, I don't know that any of them have. <laughs> Maybe, okay, you got the go ball on the post route last week to uh, Justin Robinson where it was a miss on the throw. And that's a middle of the field deal up the field, which I, you really like that. But other than that, I mean, there's been maybe one throw last week to Woody Marks on a, the little dart or little arrow where he's out and back in like a slant. Most of your throws, and maybe that's by design for reasons that you know they know, but it seems to me most of it is you get a lot of screens, but it's things that are out here, you know, outside from the most basic standpoint of uh, football you could think of, if you had a way and a confidence to attack that sort of deep middle or intermediate middle of the field, right in the middle of this defense out here in front of me, if I'm targeting that area some and forcing them to defend that part of their zone and that part of their coverage more, it seems to me that it would do a couple things, and that is one – give you more opportunities to break runs on the inside because you're moving people around. You're forcing them to make a decision. And when people come up, we got a few more opportunities down the field. Overall, you beat a Power 5 team that, I'm going to tell you, Arizona's going to win some games this year. They, they've got players, and they're a good football team. They're tough. And they seem to have the right sort of heart. Uh, they showed me and everybody else on Saturday night. So this is a good win for State, a fortunate one. And the defense got it done and offense did enough, but certainly needs to be better. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for hanging in there through all of that, and I'll see you on the next one.